Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back for another edition of Colch Neuro Chat, a summer catch-up pod, I guess is what we're going to call it. Uh, let's catch up on the weather, Robbie. I know it's a, it's a scorcher here in Phoenix. How about in Madrid? Yeah, the same sweltering. You can't walk outside. Well, you can walk outside, but you'll melt. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you can't do anything in the heat, so uh, it's kind of, anytime you do go outside, it's just basically to get from one spot to the other, and, uh, or else go to a pool or a, some, a fountain or somewhere where you can get uh, refreshed but uh, yeah there's not much going on there although July is a little bit more lively than August August Madrid is it's bizarre because it's kind of like a it's almost like a ghost town everyone goes to their little houses in the mountains and goes on holidays and stuff so uh, we're not quite there yet but it's it's starting to empty out a bit yeah yeah we had our first 115 degree Fahrenheit day yesterday is lovely oh nice lovely <laughs> you know um that's where atletico are right now robbie is they're in the mountains they've started their traditional two-week summer retreat in los angeles de san rafael as they prepare for the preseason their first preseason game i think is two weeks from from wednesday and well it's been a summer where not very much has happened robbie very low activity for atletico um Still about seven weeks, I think seven weeks from Thursday is when the transfer window slammed shut for the summer. How do you feel about where Atleti are right now as we uh, turn the page on a season that saw uh, the Colchoneros 
just about finish third in La Liga and get into the Champions League for the tenth year running. Yeah, I guess everything has been conditioned by the the Saul and Alvaro Morata uh, uh, news in that Juventus and Chelsea didn't want to take up the options to buy them or extend their their deals. So Atletico are left. Oh, there, there we go. And my earpods just died, did they? <laughs> my left one, anyway, and my right one. I don't know which. I, but anyway, we'll continue. Um, <laughs> Occupational yeah, yeah. hazard. Yeah, yeah, right. So we'll. And I was actually just wondering earlier. I was like, "Wow, we've gotten so long out of these this time. I haven't charged them in a while." And wouldn't you know they 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 wouldn't you know fail, <laughs> they fail on me just when they they go and get serious. Um, but I I think that um Atletico everything is conditioned by that. And uh, yeah, I did I, I did want to talk about uh, uh, as we will on, on the pod today that how Atletico. Are, stuck now with Morata and Saul mm. when in reality if you sign those two players that would be a pretty uh, excellent summer and I think the the, the, the the discussion and the debate around Morata is a little bit weird um, like he's he spends undisputed starting number nine and it's not some uh, some uh, kind of dummy Spain team that's not very good they're managed by a really really good manager uh, and they're they're uh, going to be up there with the favourites to win the World Cup they're, and he, he has a very specific job in that team and Luis Enrique swears by this guy and I just don't really get the okay his finishing isn't ideal and, and, and there was a kind of a, there was a video that went viral today of him blazing one over the over and I get that but yeah I saw it this, yeah this, but this guy can definitely add something to Atletico especially if they're trying to press especially with Mateus Cunha uh, up top and he gives them options and I, I don't really get the um the, the the idea that they're just kind of stuck with him he's not like a Mariano Diaz the uh, uh, Mariano Diaz yeah Mariano Diaz yeah that's or, right um, or like a Sandro Ramirez or some guy that you're just kind of stuck with on big wages. Um, I, I don't know why I thought of Sandro Ramirez in that case, but but like you know what I'm saying. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's someone that can add something. Yeah, I think the perception of, of Morata varies pretty wildly depending on how online someone is, right? Uh, he's not a very popular figure on social media, and in this age where people demand instant results and, and, and people demand uh consistency uh and flair and flash and, and highlight reels among all else in this age of, of 200 and however many characters there are on twitter um Murata is a pretty polarizing figure i'm part of me is, is convinced that remains convinced that he's not going to stay because right now he's atletico's fourth or fifth forward that it's not a role that it's not a role in the pecking order that really suits him. It's not a role that really suits Atletico. But I agree. I, I am more convinced Morata can add something to this team if he stays than I am with Saul. Um, this is a more ideal role for Morata as compared to his first Atletico spell when he was practically the undisputed uh, number nine for at least his first half season when he came over from Chelsea. Um, Morata can add a lot in terms of hold-up play, aerial ability. He's a very good supporting forward. Just don't count on him to score 20 to 25 goals. He has shown, he's demonstrated throughout his career that he's not going to be that guy. But at club level, in a supplementary role, absolutely, I think he can contribute something. Um, but you're right, the, the, the plan for Atletico this summer was 
pretty clearly sell Murata, sell, and then go shopping. And that didn't happen. So now they are scrambling with seven weeks to go in the window to complete a squad that looks pretty competitive on paper. Um, the Axel Witzel signing, I do want to chat with you about, because I think that could be a pretty important one as we get the season started. But it's a squad that doesn't look too bad on paper, but obviously has one giant right back sized hole in it that Atleti can't fill yet. Yeah, and I don't really understand that. Um, the, and, and yeah, I, I, I don't get the idea though too that that Alvaro Morata, like Atletico's highest goal scorer last season was Angel Correa with twelve, and that was kind of sporadic. It wasn't like he was a consistent goal scorer. That's true. Luis Suarez yeah. got eleven with two, two penalty kicks, so that's nine. So that's what Morata got, and I, I know that Suarez's season wasn't great, but after that, you're looking at Joe Felix. Uh, Yannick Carrasco and Mateus Cunha and, and I just think that there's no one scoring 25 goals for Atletico so like um, yeah he, he's, he's ahead of Griezmann for me like I don't know I, I don't know and, and, and I guess I have to well I just kind of we have to suspend judgment on this for a while because um, yeah I have to see him again because I don't know like what I see when he plays with Spain and what the way people talk about him and, and the way I've seen him playing and, and, and failing at clubs doesn't make sense to me. It's so, so weird. He's such a weird player, Robbie. Like he ends yeah, he gets these big transfer moves, he bangs in goals for Spain, but he just can't find that consistency at club level. He's almost thirty now. Yeah, there, and there are players who are like that who, who just kinda of seem to fail upwards constantly. <laughs> but like like you get it. You, you, usually, the, the the way is like, like say, like like a Mariano, for example. <laughs> this has become the Mariano. I guess the Mariano show. No, well, well, he's, you know, he's, it's actually not him because he, Real Madrid, um, yeah, Castilla, uh, goes to has a good season or two with Real Madrid. With, with Real Madrid, then realize, okay, not going to make it here. Maybe makes a move to the Premier League, someone a little bit lower, like a Spurs. Then goes to Valencia, and then you know, and it's like, okay, and as he's getting older, whatever, or else you go up. Whereas Morata has been kind of shifted out of Real Madrid, then Chelsea too didn't do well there, then to Atletico, then to Juventus or, or Juventus in there, like they're all top three teams in, in, in their respective leagues and yeah I guess that's what I'm saying is that the managers of these teams the, the scouts for these teams see something whether it's just that it's, the fit hasn't been right and, and I do get that there's issues there maybe with um, with his with his uh, mentality when once yeah. he misses a couple and you know the, even the jeering of the from the Spanish fans towards him at one point and and maybe Luis Enrique uh, might, uh, to, to contradict my own point, maybe Luis Enrique isn't the most ideal person to be going up because he's the kind of guy who will just play, or he'll play a guy just to kind of stick it to the reporters, as Sid Lowe said before. Like, Absolutely. You're, uh, you, you do, you do, you, he's doing stuff to, um, uh, what was it, just to be contradictory. Uh, he won't let anyone tell him what to do, but in a way, by not, by doing the opposite of what, they're saying you're they're controlling you still like you know so it's like with Eric Garcia it's kind of like the whole world seems to think that Garcia just might not be up to it and Luis Enrique says no he is my man and it's like this kind of curmudgeon and he's kind of similar with Maratha it's like I'm backing this guy and that's it I don't care what you say and sticking with him almost to spite the 
the the public and the media uh, and, and he even said that he said uh, he said someone mentioned Eric Garcia and he said oh there's certain players you guys get really randy for isn't there and <laughs> like though he said you guys are really like horny for these guys and and uh, and it's the same with Morata so maybe maybe Luis Enrique isn't the best today but or best person to base this off but they obviously see something in him and and yeah, like he keeps failing upwards or at least sideways. He doesn't go down at all. No, I think he's got a great agent first and foremost. And like Marata's not a bum, like, but he's not ideal in in a lot of senses in terms of what you're looking for for a modern nine. He has some qualities that are that can be really beneficial and I think can really help Atletico if he ultimately stays. Again, I'm I'm still not a hundred percent convinced he's going to stay because. Atleti would face the same thing they had last year. Too many forwards, not enough balance in the squad. And at some point this summer, Robbie Atletico are going to need to sell someone. They are going to need to find some way to balance the books or at least come into enough compliance with La Liga's financial controls that they're not subject to the 1 by 3 rule or the 1 by 4 rule. That would be really, really devastating. In a sense, they kind of already are, though, because they need to raise $40 million in player sales. But either way... Um, yeah, that, that's been the big story this summer is that Marata and Saul came back and they're now training with the squad again. The club interviewed both of them. Uh, Atleti also have made a couple of signings in the interim as we kick off preseason training. Axel Witzel coming in on a free transfer after spending the last four years at Borussia Dortmund. Samuel Lino coming in from Gil Vicente in Portugal on a five-year deal. I want to talk to you about the Witzel signing Robbie, a uh, one-year contract for a 33-year-old pivot, veteran of the Belgium national team. What do we think of this? Is it going to be helpful? Is it going to be not so helpful? Yeah, like, I mean, I'd be lying if I told you I watched a bunch of them last year with, with Dortmund, but he has the experience, to, and, and I guess he's just a depth option for Simeone when he needs to... Um, when he needs to rotate Condogbia because Condogbia has had issues with yellow cards, has had issues muscular issues. Yep. He is a very he is a very springy kind of uh what's the word to use in basketball? He's a very uh, he's a very what's the word uh, it's like oh yeah, he's like a fast twitch kind Yeah, of fast twitch. Yeah, 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 he's, he's kind of fast twitch and he covers a lot of ground, he gets himself involved with a lot of jewels. So I guess it is just that insurance there, so that if Kondogbia does get injured or is on the brink of suspension, you do have someone that can just step in. He's not going to play like 40 games for you, but he'll play maybe 15, 20, uh, some, a lot of garbage time minutes maybe. And then just add competition because it's something that Atletico have been lacking. I mean, like in terms of the his, his floor is pretty much... Where, where what I just said there and his ceiling potentially he actually takes Condogbia's place if he comes in and contributes for a couple of months and um, I don't know if he still plays with Belgium um, he maybe he does but if he is he'll be going to the World Cup but uh, mm-hmm. maybe it, like the next season is going to be weird because it's going to be broken up into two seasons two uh, kind of rounds almost even more so than regular seasons we're going to have a month or six weeks off basically and uh, yeah and it, it's going to be a, a real it's going to it's going to be um, almost like the Mexican league and Apertura and uh, Clausura yeah. like it's, it's uh, so I, I don't really you nearly need two squads um, and, and one player could be the MVP of the first season or first 
round or whatever you want to call it and then something they might just fall off or get injured or, or something could happen at the World Cup so uh, yeah like it, it's just depth right now is, is the key for Atletico and it's something that they haven't had at the number five position for a long time yeah I think it was very important to get somebody in there to compete with Kondogbia and Witzel and Kondogbia com- like a combination of those two players and you might, if they're both healthy, you might have the ideal pivot, right? What Kondogbia lacks in terms of his passing range and passing accuracy, Witzel more than makes up for. He completed 93% of his passes in the Bundesliga last year. That's really good. And it would be, I think if I read this correctly on the Atletico Stats Twitter account, I think if he were to exceed 92% passing accuracy, it would be the single highest figure for an Atleti player under Simeone. That's more than a decade now. So I, I think... It's not a very exciting tandem because both I mean Vitzel's older. Kadogby is still in his prime at twenty nine, going on thirty. But Vitzel's older. He's coming off an Achilles injury a year and a half ago that he did recover from. He played quite a bit for Dortmund last year, but yeah, it, it, I don't think it's very flashy or sexy. But I, I think it could be effective if both players are healthy. And again, just having a five out there to free up Koke, to free up DePaul, to free up Lema, assuming he stays, Yorente. Um, that was really, really important to get somebody in there. And it's on a free transfer and a one-year contract for the player. Uh, Atleti have also signed Samuel Lino, Robbie. And, and how about this? Lino has been talked about back in Portugal as someone who can play at wingback. Last season for Gil Vicente, 74 tackles and 194 recoveries. As many tackles as Kondogbia made, more recoveries than Kondogbia made. Like, Robbie, could Atleti have stumbled onto a, a really useful player here? Another player who I haven't seen much of. He's been he's been kind of sold as a winger slash slash attacker. He he said in his press conference he likes to dribble, he likes to attack, take players on. But he also did mention that he he likes to help out the team and whatever is needed. Obviously, like uh, playing to the crowd a little bit there. But 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 maybe there might be something there. But again. It's really not ideal, you know. Get a player. We've seen this too many times now, where you end up you end up with not neither a wing back or an attacker, and and then everyone and he's sold in three years time, and everyone's complaining. Oh, Lino's no good. Yeah, but like I mean, of course he's no good. You you tried to play in the wrong position. Never gave him consistency. He never got a chance to kind of build. Uh, uh, his his CV at at his right position. What do you expect? Like, um, and yeah, I just I just don't. I wouldn't be maybe in a pinch, obviously, but no, I wouldn't be. He's been sold as a as a kind of a more of an attacker, so I I would kind of leave him there and then leave the defending to the defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still and there's still so long to go in the transfer window too. Seven weeks, as we said. Uh, and still, I think a lot of things can happen. Speaking of players who aren't playing in their routine or preferred positions, Robbie, uh, let's talk about the right-back situation at Atletico, which I would kind of describe as embarrassing at the moment. Uh, Atleti still don't have one in the squad. Uh, Daniel Voss is the top option, quote-unquote, but Simeone did not count on him in the second half of last season. He literally played half a game before getting hurt and did not feature at all in the stretch run as Atleti finished third ahead of Sevilla. Um, Llorente is probably going to have to play there again if Atleti don't sign anybody. And uh, right now, Sergio Diaz, the 18, soon-to-be 19-year-old academy right back, is training with, with the first team. So 
I would describe this situation as embarrassing, particularly for a top-level side. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it is, and it's just um, poor planning, like, like I guess. Um, but also, I think maybe may, I don't really know, but like a little bit of hard-headedness from Simeone. Like, I mean, who does he who does he want? Uh, what does he want from his right back? Um, what, why did they sell Trippier if it was going to be this difficult to sign a replacement? Why didn't they? before they announced the Trippier deal, sign a replacement that could play for a couple of years. They went after Daniel Vass and really chased Vass as well because Valencia, especially Bordelas, wasn't too, wasn't too keen to let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever happened with Vass, he played 45 minutes, got injured and never never darkened the door of the Wanda Metropolitano again. Like he... How can you go? Uh, how can you go from being chased like that to like literally not being counted on? Cancel the contract, get him out of here. There, there's a breakdown there in recruitment and what Simeone wants, and whether whether it's Simeone making a point that he doesn't want players that he doesn't he doesn't specifically ask for. Or Voss just didn't live up to what they thought he was going to be um, in training because he didn't get a chance to show us in a game. And I mean, the, 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 yeah, or, or the knee didn't heal properly when, or something. Like I mean, it's uh, it's just bizarre. And and I, yeah, maybe maybe this is a good chance for Atletico to. I I, I can't see Simeone playing a youngster because it's just too much of a risk. But what then? <laughs> you yeah. don't play Marco Llorente and like I said then with, like, like I was saying with Lino you end up getting 20% of Marco Llorente's best and messing him around and he ends up looking like a stooge uh, and you know I, I, I don't really know what the plan is here uh, there isn't one it certainly doesn't seem like there is one based on the empirical evidence provided uh, there was a headline in Marco six months ago uh, that said, Atleti are going to sign Voss now in January, and in and in the summer they will find a, a top drawer right back, uh, a number a two of the first level. Uh, they haven't found him yet. They've been linked with several guys: uh, Nakwell Molina from Udinese, uh, Jonathan Klaus from from Lons, uh, Timothy Castagne, Joseph Juranovic from from Celtic. Um, they've been linked with a, with a bunch of players, uh, and there are more that I'm not mentioning. There, Emerson from Tottenham is another one, but. These are guys all with, with different profiles, with different strengths, different characteristics. Uh, it's like you, you type in like right backs into into football reference and just try to find six or seven names and say, right, that's our that's our list here. Uh, there there's no clear recruitment strategy. There there are guys that Simeone wants. There are guys that the club wants. And in the and in the end, it's not looking like they're going to bring in anyone because the salary limits are. Are a factor here. Uh, Atletico are, are drowning in salaries, according to a Marca headline from a couple of weeks back. Whether that's true or not, whether Atletico are so far in excess of the salary limits that they can't sign, uh, I guess it depends on who you read and who you believe. But it, 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 I, I just keep coming back to this idea that it's really embarrassing and it's really humiliating that Atletico knew. I tweeted about this yesterday. Atletico knew for months Trippier wanted to leave. They held on to him last summer, which I think was the right thing to do. Uh, in hindsight, it wasn't, but at the time, I thought it was. Uh, they held on to him throughout the summer, despite Man United's interest. 
They sold him in a cut rate deal to Newcastle as a favor to him. And they thought the best solution would be Daniel Voss. And like they didn't, it again goes back to this inability to sell Morata and sell Niguez and the further inability to not develop a plan B or a plan C beyond just scrambling and hoping you cobble together enough money toward the end of the window. Uh, this isn't how good clubs are run. Let's <laughs> compare this to, I know it's not a fair comparison because the English clubs here have so much more money, but compare this situation, Robbie, to the business that Manchester City do, the business that Liverpool do, the business that Bayern do, the business that Chelsea do. Uh, like this is not how, what top what what Real Madrid are doing. Uh, this is not how top level clubs are run, uh, and it, it's part of it is again Simeone covering the the natural ability of the club to conduct great business with his with his man management with his consistency on the touchline. Um, I think that's also an element to this. It, it's bad. And if Atleti entered this season without a right back, it's going to put a cap on, on what they can do. They won't be competitive if they don't sign one. For me, it's that simple. Uh, if they don't have a starting quality right back by the time the season starts, they will be the same team they were last year, just one year older. Yeah, I, I think what, what the salary limits do to, to La Liga clubs is, aside from... The, the, the practical implications of, of not being able to sign a certain amount of players and having that restriction, it, it, it removes even the idea of posturing. It, it removes the, 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 the hidden um, or the behind the scenes info that, that teams wouldn't have. Like, I mean, and uh, like everyone knows how, how much Atlético need to spend. So you go to a team and you're like, look, you you go to uh, Lons, for example, looking for Klaus, and Chelsea are in for him too. Firstly, you're not going to be able to compete with Chelsea, but let's just say it's another team like uh, Brentford or Watford or someone, and, 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 and they know that Atletico can only afford a certain amount, whereas Brentford, uh, okay, maybe there is, there is info out there, but they can probably go a little bit higher than that, and, and, and uh, we, we don't actually know, so you can't even bluff. It's like it's like playing poker and someone having your cards and you're trying to bluff, and like, it just doesn't, it can't work, because <laughs> the truth is out there. Um, so so, so that, that just, and, and, and that in particular doesn't lend itself well to how Diego Simeone plays, because you have to be really, really fit, and, 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 and you ha- he has to, you have to buy his trust, or you have to earn his trust, sorry, and, uh, and, and that takes weeks upon weeks in, a, in a, as a new signing in, tra- in, in pre-season. So, in order to do that, you have to be signed early, but Atletico can't do that because they have to wait for things to shake out in the transfer market. And, and things will shake out, and that's that's one other thing. Like, Atletico probably will get a right back at some point. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. land someone that, like, once all the dominoes have fallen, or once once the music stops, to be someone standing left standing, and Atletico will get that guy, whether it's Klaus or, I don't know, Emerson, maybe not, but whoever, and, and, and that'll be fine. But that's not ideal either, because you're not, it's, I, that's probably not going to be your first choice. So, aside from the actual, as I said, practical implications, there's a whole posturing thing that you can't do and it just leaves Atletico a little bit uh, a little bit wide open for that, that um, and La Liga clubs in general like I mean Real yeah. Madrid obviously have that money that was put away from Mbappe so they can be a little bit but Real or Barcelona are going in and they're like like we know that you don't have the money now, now I, uh, Barcelona is a completely different so I do not know how 
how they're getting they're signing Rafinha now for like 68 million yeah for almost 70 million I I don't understand I think the the, the only way Barca have been able to spend this summer is because they're mortgaging off a sizable percentage of their future revenues it's bad for them medium and long term but short term yeah it allows them to sign uh, like the previous other presidencies have done it's the same path that Roselle and Bartomeu went down that Laporte is now going down we'll see how it goes for them the previous two presidents found it didn't go well yeah, but that, that, that money is spread across, like, in a number of years, I think, 20, 25 or 10, and it's only a couple of million a year, so I know I, I do get that, but, and that, that money is only just so that they'll break even at the end of this financial year. Right. So, now, now, obviously, obviously, the De Jong deal is about to go through, so they've kind of got a little bit of money, and they want to get their Rafinha deal in before everyone sees them coming with a bag of money from De Jong, uh, but it's just... Uh, it, it, that, that, that's almost even when I thought that uh, they could only sign one euro for every four euro that they save and um, so for, for example which if, if, if Frankie De Jong is 75 million they can only uh, well like 75 divided by four is like I don't know 16 or something like that yeah they, uh, it's not even 20 million yeah but they're spending 68 and they're about to renew Dembele yeah, that's a different story altogether. We can, yeah, we can, we can put that aside and never speak about it again because I don't understand it and <laughs> I mean, I get but, angry. If but, I <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like this is not just exclusive to Atletico. There are a bunch of teams in Primera and Segunda that are struggling to make ends meet right now. That are struggling to stay within the financial controls, which were such a great idea uh, before the pandemic hit. Nobody expected the coronavirus pandemic, obviously. It's like no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. But uh, the financial controls are now hurting a bunch of clubs. Um, And, like, I'm not going to sit here and say bring back the Super League, but there needs to be a solution because it's hurting everybody in Spain. And there's more talent that's leaving, less talent coming in. Well, I wrote about the solution the other day on my iLiga blog, for anyone that doesn't subscribe, uh, yeah, that's right. Get that plug in. The, 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 no, no, but the solution is smart recruiting, and I'm and, and I, I've been thinking about this. Like, and I know it, it's not as simplistic as going and signing a world class young right back for four million. Like, it that doesn't work like that. But there, there, just there is a right back out there that can play for Atletico Madrid that will not cost. A whole pile of money mm-hmm. is the risk attached to that signing yes but if you if if the if the recruitment is good enough it, it, it you shouldn't be going toe to toe with 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 chelsea when you can't right you, you you can't do it so why not like yeah it's just the financialization of football is just i mean it's like what's the solution spend more spend bigger uh, you know, and it's like, it's um, buy a young twenty-four-year-old right back from from a French club or Belgium, uh, maybe a, uh, I don't know, a second division club, which is kind of what they're doing with with Pablo Maffeo. It looks like, or, or uh, not a second division club, obviously, but uh, from Mallorca. But buy a young who, who has a little bit of sell-on value. Stop buying Daniel Vosses, <laughs> the, the Daniel Vosses of this world. And I think that that, again, comes down to Diego Simeone. Like, you have to train and coach them and develop someone. But there's no time for development anymore because you have to win everything all the time. 
and get into the Champions League every single year or else the club will collapse which is just how is that sustainable you know I, I, I don't really get what the um, what's going on with with uh, with, um, with 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 the thinking behind this because eventually you're you're going to get caught out and and and, and uh, maybe not make the Champions League or look look even if you do win the Champions League like you're is it really and look obviously it's amazing for the for the club and for the fans and that would be unbelievable but then what go bankrupt you know it's kind of like is is the reward worth the worth the selling your future and and I just. To be honest, I just don't think it is. Like every single summer, for example, Barcelona are like a laughing stock. And as a fan of that, how do you even enjoy that? I think a lot of a lot of fans now enjoy the rumors and the chase more than they enjoy the actual football. You know, and that that's uh, I wouldn't say it's a commentary, but it's something I've certainly noticed uh, with with this newer generation of fans that the the, the chase, the pursuit uh, in the off season is more important and, and deserving of more attention than what goes on during the season I, I just I don't yeah, but, I don't subscribe to that you know yeah but but I, maybe the masses do do maybe it is the, the masses do that but there is like a counter revolution or a counter uh, culture emerging of, of tact smart tactics rating smart data analysis mm-hmm. where they're more concerned with like how Real Betis are playing rather than what's happened at the very, 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 very top, and this is a result of the non-competitiveness of the leagues. Like, how, how can how can you actually get ex- like un- until Real Madrid make it to the last sixteen of the Champions? Maybe not Real Madrid, but yeah, like I mean, La Liga is gone like that to the point where how can you even get excited about it anymore? Um, at the very, very top, I'd rather sit and watch the emergence of a of a of a, of a really good coach with Valencia or, or with with you're a youngster from Real Valladolid and, or somewhere like that like I'd rather that's the intellectual I guess challenge that I like rather than mm-hmm. sitting here watching watching Man City buy players for 80 million euro and, and, and walk to the Premier League is different but like like League 1 like for example like that's not a competition anymore no. how can anyone get excited about it's like the competition is below PSG and I think that's where fans are kind of starting to turn their attention because you're you're a fool if you think it's going to be any other way than PSG walking it. And okay, you can um, you can talk about uh, the the a couple of years ago PSG didn't win it, but that's like the exception that proves the rule. Like Bayern Munich, like it's Bundesliga is no longer a competitive. It's not even a league. So, it's, not, it's a joke. Yeah, and, and some of the smarter fans are starting to kind of turn to watching Freiburg and they, you know what I mean and. and Obviously, the masses are always going to be attracted, and we're always going to be attracted to the last 16 Champions League. It's the very best of the very best. But, like, you know... Um, no, I do. I do. Um, so, so anyway, that's, that's my point. And I just yeah. think that there is, while, while, while there is a, a fascination now with the transfer market and who's getting who and you know, all the clicks and all that stuff is, 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 very, uh, is, is, a, is a little industry in itself, there is a counterculture emerging and, and, I, and, and some really smart stuff going on and that's where I kind of spend my time rather than, uh, rather than focusing on, on the, the, the very, very top and, and just who's going to move to who. Yeah, it's it's like what's been dominating in the last few days that I've noticed is like um, Delict leaving Juventus for Bayern, 
and like the, the or Mane leaving Liverpool for Bayern and uh, like the, the the top of the top uh, is just not that interesting anymore because it's the, the generally the same teams making the same kinds of moves and reaching the same stages of the same competitions and like Man City haven't been walking the Premier League like Bayern have been walking Germany and PSG have been walking France but the reality is they've still won four of the last five league titles you know Barcelona had a stretch that concluded in 2019 where they won eight of 11 league titles the last three titles have been decided in Madrid but the domestic leagues are not very competitive anymore that's just the reality uh, because of the gross financial inequality and inequity in the sport right now um, and I think there are clubs that are willing to to continue spending anyway there are clubs that are using it as pretext not an excuse but pretext to close the purse strings Atletico are certainly in that latter group this was the fourth oldest squad in La Liga last year and one of the smallest of, of any team in, in the Spanish top flight um, and they're just going to get one year older. Uh, I think a lot of the hope is that a lot of these guys bounce back, right? Is that some of the, the players like who had disappointing seasons last year, Oblak, Felipe, Hermoso, DePaul, Griezmann, that these guys, Lodi to a degree, all bounce back, right? And if they do, okay, great. I think Atletico, if they're healthy and playing to their potential, with the squad currently as it is, could finish second. But that's, that's a lot of things that have to go right. It's not a bad team, but they will have the same problems they had last year, particularly if they do not sign a, a fullback, a right-sided fullback. Um, and the, the teams around Atletico stand to strengthen. Barcelona are going to strengthen. Uh, future finances and revenue be damned. Uh, Sevilla are going to be up there again. I, I mean, I'm not sure how smart it is to keep Lobotegui on for another year. I know you're a big fan of his. I am not as big a fan of his. Uh, but Sevilla are going to be up there. They're going to be top four contending. Betis look like they're going to be good. I really like what La Real have done this summer, getting Muhammad Ali Cho and Bryce Mendez. Um, it's, so, yeah, the, the, competi- the competition is getting tougher. And just hard work and variance is not a sustainable strategy. I think we agree on that, uh, is that just working harder and sticking to the values of Cholismo and just hoping for luck and variance and staying healthy, that's that's not a sustainable strategy. It's a strategy that's like resembling a house of cards that easily falls down. Yeah, exactly. And and I just wonder how long more they can actually uh, keep it going for. Um, yeah, and they might challenge, possibly, but I... I... Yeah, I don't know. I'd say it'd be top four again now, but um, and they could challenge in the cup competition, sure. Um, like they, they were last eight in the Champions League last year and came pretty close to getting into the semifinals, uh, despite not having a particularly good team. So y- y- you think if they're healthy and they avoid injury and they get a little more variance and Oblak improves and, and bounces back to what we have seen him, uh, how we've seen him play in the last better part of a decade then you know they'll they'll be a lot better but it, it's not a sustainable strategy con- to continue building around players toward the end of their primes uh, with no resale value rather than investing in younger talent rather than like the, in north america there's drafting and developing right you tank you rebuild through the draft you develop these players through the draft and then you're good again um atletico aren't doing that and they're relying on guys in their late 20s early 30s to stay healthy and bounce back when it's just again not a sustainable strategy. I was like, I don't think it yeah. is. Yeah, and, and 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 I just wonder like what's the? I've said this before, and 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 it just doesn't seem like it's getting any better. It feels like 
like I said before about the Daniel Vaz thing, it feels like there's obviously there's the restrictions in the spending, but it feels like there's like a disconnect between between what Atletico are looking for and what's available and, and who Simeone wants and who the who the who the the the, the directors are, are going for and, and able to get and um, yeah like like I said in the middle of last season I was very very vocal about it on the pod here is that um what's the what are the redeeming qualities here like uh, other than just scraping into top four every year I mean we're talking about the highs and lows of being a football fan like and obviously you get one game a year against Man City and Atletico could play that game 99 a hundred times and they'd maybe get through like maybe five times so I understand that just to even be in the fight is, is, is amazing but are they getting any closer like hey, where, where's the where's the excitement coming from like you know Xiao Felix could have that breakout season this year but this is the fourth year of his contract and we haven't seen it yet um is a very exciting player um I, I think there are high hopes for DePaul entering this season that his second year at Atletico uh you know, like he'll he'll break through he'll have a breakout campaign and, and become one of the team's stars but yeah where's where's the excitement this isn't a transfer window that is generating much illusion right there, there's nothing very exciting about what Atletico are doing um and they're trying to spin it as oh it's by design oh we we, we believe in this squad really like you were talking about sacking the manager last year yeah 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 so no no yeah. exactly and, and and you're right like i mean and aside from where's the excitement coming from in the transfer window which isn't very inspiring it's also where's the excitement coming on the field i mean it's 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 and, and, and to be fair to simeone he has tried and he has done things and he's brought in a new coach this year and hopefully he'll shake things up a little bit and they'll yep. they'll go back to they'll go back to just uh, maybe forward to back and, and, and from the start and stick with it and try to maybe get Rodrigo de Paul into his right position and it's all conditioned again by the fact that they didn't have a right back like you play Rodrigo de Paul and, and your Ente in their correct positions with uh, and, and figure it out that way and all of a sudden you you um, your season maybe you're a little bit closer you're, you're not out of this title race by Christmas and you maybe push it a little bit further and, and uh, like it is all conditioned by that but 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 just yeah overall it's not um, it, it, it doesn't feel like the most uh, like you look at Liverpool and I know that they're uh, they're uh, uh, in the Premier League for a start they've got a uh, charismatic coach the same way as Simeone is supposed to be like I mean uh, obviously nobody matches Klopp in my eyes anyway but he uh, they've got like a, they're in the Premier League they've got Klopp obviously and, and, and whatever but they, they are so smart in their recruitment and, and it feels like they've always got a plan they can they can sell Man, Sadio Mane for 30 million euro or 35 million euro and it's like they're they've, they've already got his replacements they've got Diogo Jota and they've got uh, Diaz uh, and they've got another couple of players. Carvalho came in, and and it feels like this is all part of the plan. Whereas with some of the some of the kind of um, more traditionally run clubs, it feels like it's like just stay above water. One more transfer window, and yeah, I, I like yeah, and and it's it's all going towards a more. Well, not all, but the Premier League is going more towards that kind of American sports um, 
model mm-hmm. where where the sporting director is there for a number of years he hires and fires the manager and 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 uh, the, the manager like like you, you look at real madrid for example and and this is just one example of, of this and like but like real madrid signed julian lopetegui okay he, he was and i know it's easy to say this in hindsight but like he was he was never going to last in that job he, he's a nobody in terms of he he he, he, he's a nobody like he didn't have a big career he's not a big name and they let him sign Mariano Diaz again I don't know why he's <laughs> in my head but let's, let's just come back let's just come back to him in that they, he, he, Lopetegui called Mariano Diaz was going to Sevilla and Lopetegui called him and said come to Real Madrid you're my guy or you're going to be one of my guys he moved got a multi-year contract and six months later Lopetegui's sacked and Mariano Diaz is still there and they cannot get rid of him now I understand that that happens and I'm not saying it, 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 it'll get rid of every single bad contract that ever happens it's impossible I'm not saying that I'm just saying it happens too frequently and it's it feels like it's like there's no link up between what the manager is trying to do, the the the, on, the, the, the succession plan, the what like you know like for example when when Bayern were managed by Jupp Heynckes, uh, he he was like stage I think it was was it was it Louis Vachal was like stage one and then Enke, Jupp Heynckes came in and he was stage two and then Pep Guardiola was like stage three. Mm-hmm. This is the this is it. And we'll get three, four years out of him, and we'll do, and then we'll start again. And and I know it's nice to think that you have the uh, and Brian do have the ability to think like that. They can just re- restart again, but like it's like they don't. They're not thinking like that, you know. And 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 I and I know that like say at the end of when when Klopp leaves Liverpool, they're gonna have to start again and maybe go. But it, but it, I feel like it won't be a million miles away. From from what we're currently looking at, it's not going to be just like uh, who's available. Uh, sign um Let's get a. Uh, let's get um I don't know who. who Bordalas in or someone. I don't know. I'm I don't know. Who's you imagine there. Pepe Bordalas <laughs> at Liverpool? That would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. No, wow. I've got. I've got. Uh, I've got. I just. Um, I just feel like it happens too many times for it to be. Uh, to be just unlucky. I think there's just just there's just too many smart people doing too much smart work in this field in these fields to not at least and, and I just know for a fact that a lot of Spanish clubs aren't actually doing the, the data right. analysis I'm not here I'm not here saying data analysis is the answer for everything but it's not even being really implemented properly at a lot of these top clubs like, and I know that for a fact mm-hmm. um, and yeah you're just going to get left behind and wondering why we got left behind instead of embracing it you see it even in the media here in Spain the Spanish media Barely use expected goals, and I and again, I'm not saying it should take over, but like, it's it's just like there's 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 it's not it's not there yet. It's not there yet, and there's an unwillingness to even embrace it fully yet. And I understand that you don't know what you don't know. Maybe they're not saying, "Oh no, we don't want it." It's just they don't know what's out there, and they don't know that there's a market for it and that there's people that want to read it. But it's just not even there yet, and I just wonder when it's going to come in because. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I, I, it, will, it will come in in Spain. I just wonder when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hope sooner rather than later as the Spanish clubs, at least financially, are being left behind. And I, I think it's a, 
a troubling sign, Robbie. I don't know about you, but I think it's a, a wee bit troubling that Leeds, who finished 17th in the Prem last year, Leeds have spent more than any than every La Liga team combined. And 80% of the outlay in La Liga this summer was when Real Madrid signed Chouameni from Monaco. I, I don't think that is ideal. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't oh, think it, it's great for the immediate future of Spanish football. Yeah, and, and I, in fairness to uh, Javier Tabas, he has, he has tried, and La Liga TV is excellent, and they're trying to get into more homes and yep. get in front of more eyes and, and things like that. And, it ha- and there has been a push for that. And, and I mean, Spanish football is amazing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like um, the Premier League is really physical and exciting and stuff like that. But, but in terms of tactics, football, technique, uh, to development... Spain is where it's at, and uh, I like. I mean, I'm not saying that they should lose that or anything like that, but uh, I I just think that if if more clubs are a little bit smarter, we, what what was what we might see is the likes of Atletico will fall away, and maybe Barcelona. Like, if you look at if there was no limitations on their spending right now, and they could do what they want, genuinely, like in five years, it, you're. I'm not. I'm, I don't know if they'd ever disappear, but like. It was un- it was completely unsustainable what was going on, and if if they're being saved from themselves and they're still digging holes, imagine if they there was no limitations on them. They just keep kicking the can down the road, and eventually it would just come to a screeching halt and be like this, like boom, Barcelona is gone. Like and and I just said, uh, I mean, I know it was a bit ridiculous. Bayern Munich said the reason why they don't want to sell. Barcelona, Bar- uh, Lewandowski to Barcelona uh, in installments because they're not sure of their viability uh, as a club <laughs> in, 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 in the number in the next whatever amount of years. I thought but that was I thought that was so funny. I'm I'm I think it was said tongue in cheek, but it was so funny. Yeah, and like I just wonder, I just wonder like what um what is stopping these? I know that like. I don't know, the financialization, as I said, of football is just bizarre to me because there's there's valuations being put on things and it's like Monopoly money. Yeah, it's not real money. Yeah, so uh, anyway, my, my, my AirPods really did just die. <laughs> well, I think that is that is a sign that we should probably stop recording. Uh, th- this has been great, though, uh, for a summer pod uh, discussing Atleti's transfer business that has not been. Robbie, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely no problem, Jeremy. We'll catch up soon. Yeah, we will in- indeed be back at some point a little closer to the season, probably just after preseason has started to get back on the horse and discuss what we think is going to happen in the 2022-23 season. In the meantime, uh, feel free to subscribe to the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network on Spotify. You get access to all episodes of our show and the Partido a Partido podcast. Follow us on social media and at IntoTheCalderon.com. And thank you very much for listening. We will chat with you again soon. Adios.